we're dealing in a in a civilizational sense with two different ways of looking at the world. So there is the American and Western way, but, but let's talk specifically about the United States, which is a, a framework of governance that's based on uh, essentially facilitating individual liberty, the idea that what makes a society flourish is if you unleash the, uh, the, free, the freedom, the entrepreneurship, the uh, creative impulses of free people, uh, and let them flourish with minimal uh, interference from the government. And uh, along those lines, there is a very strong tradition of both free speech and religious liberty, including uh, not just free exercise of religion, but, but uh, the uh, freedom to believe whatever it is that you, uh, that you wish to believe, or even not believe, if that's the case. Uh, so that's the, you know, that's the governing framework that, we're, uh, that we come from. And then you have to look at uh, this different part of the world where the governing framework is not uh, freedom, it's really submission. The idea is it's, a, it's an authoritarian uh, system that doesn't recognize, at least in its classical interpretation, uh, a separation of uh, religious principles from political life. Uh, and it's based on an idea that uh, God gave society a, and God gave mankind a framework which is the perfect framework for human flourishing, the, the path that life is supposed to be lived under. And if you accept that as a given, and you accept that there's no division between uh, religion and politics between the, the sacred and, uh, you know, day-to-day -day civic life, I think you can understand that it would be taken as a grave offense to deviate from the belief system and to deviate from the path uh, that has been prescribed as the way that God wants human life lived. And as a result, you know, you have two different ways of looking at the world. Uh, and what I, what I never understand with respect to the West's view of, of the Middle East um, in particular is that it, it's not that they in the Middle East don't understand individual liberty and don't understand the Western way. They understand it perfectly well. They just think that their way is superior. Uh, and no amount of uh, Western pressure to change is going to alter that. It's a, you know if there's going to be change or reform, it has to come from within. So I you know I think the the, the animus that you have and the the, uh, the real big dividing point that you have is just that you have two very different. Uh, highly opposed ways of looking at the world. And the way speech plays into this becomes obvious once you have that framework. In the freedom system, where the idea is unleashing human ingenuity with the idea that that would be what, what causes uh, flourishing life, uh, 
you have to have a free market idea of ideas, and you have to have a robust exchange of information and opinion, even provocative opinion, uh, because that's what gives us the best information. That's what sharpens arguments. It's what leads to the best policy, and it's what leads to uh, the benefits that uh, that we get, whether it's economically or socially or what have you. And on the other hand, in an authoritarian system where you've already decided ahead of time that you have all the answers, that you have the perfect framework for human flourishing, uh, the speech, instead of becoming a great benefit, becomes a threat uh, because if it's, if it's allowed to be free speech, uh, then it can be very suggestive of ideas that are uh, not only heresy, but are, are, are very dangerous in the sense that they, um, that they contain ideas that can have the society come unglued. So in an authoritarian system, the most important thing is, uh, is social cohesion, even if it's enforced social cohesion. And any speech that could undermine that uh, is treated in a, a very repressive way because of the threat that it poses to the governing system.